Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet again another episode of Real Free Professional Wrestling. Of course, I'm your patron saint of everything that is stunning, and I am alongside my co-host, David the Smart Mark. David, how are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, welcome one and all to the continuation of season two. And uh, yeah, you, you, uh, thank you for listening. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm here, um, and I'm looking forward to um, what was a relatively quiet week in the world of professional wrestling. When I've got to pick five top five moments, so that was actually quite difficult this week. David, I'm pretty sure something happened this week that got the internet buzzing. Did it? I think so. I've got it in the 76 questions. Do you want to find out? I do. I do. I'm intrigued. It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, Mr. Smartmart. I went a more pleasant route to start the 76 questions this week. Which match okay. are you looking forward to the most? Coming from AEW's Great Slam. Is the American Dragon versus Kenny Omega, or is it Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho? Do I have to pick from those two? Or if you have another selection, you may select another match if you do. No, to be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Danielson Omega, quite simply because I'm trying to think the last time they met in Ring of Honor, and the dynamic... I've quite enjoyed the dynamic of Brian saying it's not about the title, um, it's about who's the better man. So I'm hoping that's going to be a get out for a future title match. I've got a funny idea Adam Page turns up in this, in the middle of it, or at the end. But no, probably don't, yeah, to be fair, I know we're going to talk about the Ruby Soho, Britt Baker dynamic because it it, it it quite excited a certain young man in Tennessee over there in Knoxville this week. Um deservedly so as well i have to say that but yeah no probably danielson omega because it will be high quality and kenny i think needs to show the world exactly what he can do rather than all this gesticulating and um all the 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 the, the awful promos i think you know he needs to show the, the okada side of him david i do believe him wrestling Brian Dallison is probably the best chance he's going to be able to channel that New Japan Kenny Omega that we've seen from, say, 2018, 2019, when he was wrestling Okada. I do believe he's going to go like, I can go balls to the wall here and we can just make some magic. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm also looking to see how Danielson looks in the, an AEW ring with that little bit more, shall we say, poetic license. Looking forward to that. Exactly. Now, to justify my other selection for this question, if you haven't <laughs> checked out AEW Rampage for this past Friday night, you yeah. might want to check our Twitter account because I posted both parts of the promo Brit and uh, Ruby Soho had, and oh my word, I was ready for this match right then, right there. I was like, sign me up. Very, very good. That gets mentioned in in, in the top five this week. Well, and I, I didn't think you'd disagree with that in the selection. Well, stunning question number two. We're going to think long and hard about this because it's not just a WWE issue. It's a pro wrestling 2021 issue. Why can't a promotion book a baby face that looks smart and strong? Yeah, you've pretty much summed it up in your question, really, to be fair. Um, they do. The, the baby face has to be stupid. Almost. I don't think AEW do it quite as much as WWE. Um, Ring of Honor don't. I, I don't think Ring of Honor do it unless it's someone like, say, Dan Housen, who's a comedy character anyway. But WWE are particularly guilty of it in backstage segments as well. Yeah, it's an. But this is the thing: you've got people booking wrestling who don't know wrestling, who are just scriptwriters, 
who are just TV people, they're not wrestling people. And this is the age-old problem, sure. Okay, so I'll give you two examples, one from WWE, one from AEW. So allow me to go back in time about, say, 16 hours ago, the closing of SmackDown, you had our hometown girl, Bianca Belair, in the ring with Mayor Kane, accepting the key to the county. Cool, okay. Giant key. Uh, Mr. Kane, why does the study want to have a key? Another question for another time. But then <laughs> Becky Lynch comes down to the ring, and basically they have a little essential words, and Becky's like, why don't you shake my hand? And Bianca shakes her hand, and like a dumb, dumb baby face, Becky Lynch gets the upper hand, and you get the last picture of SmackDown as Bianca is picking herself off the ground after an attack from Becky Lynch. I was going, Bianca, put her through the table. Pull her to you, slam her through the table. You stand victorious. Nope. The other one is from AEW, and it was MJF running his mouth about Brian Pillman Jr.'s father. Now, I lost my father when I was super, super young, okay? If somebody was talking smack about my dad and I had a steel chair, I'll be running down there a million miles an hour and I would be slaying that thing yeah. against anybody in my way. But yep. mm, it was kind of interesting what they did with Pillman Jr. I love Pillman Jr., but they could have made him look a lot stronger than what they did. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with your examples more. The first example, you lost me when you said the two words, Becky and Lynch because of my feelings on that lady. Um, to be honest, if she was involved, you know it was going to be tripe. Um, however, the Pillman one is more interesting. Yeah, absolutely, because AEW have gone with that stronger language, and MJF, absolutely fantastic heel. We've discussed this many, many times with good reason. Fantastic heel. Got away with saying some pretty obscene things, some pretty strong things for national television as well. And you're absolutely right. He came in with entrance music and then try, then tried to give a rah-rah speech to Cincinnati. Just go in there and batter the git. Absolutely. You know, I can assure you if he was in England, He'd have been like he'd have been covering up, trying to take a shoe in, or having to defend himself. Um, I know there's a bigger picture here, and it's wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, you bang on, and it just makes Pillman Jr. look stupid. However, I'm prepared at the moment with him to see where the push goes because you're absolutely right. He's, there's some potential there, and yeah, absolutely, we want to see where this goes. Okay, David. So we're moving on to stunning question number three. Do you feel that Anna J is being broken away from the Dark Order? And secondly, do you want to see Anna Jay and Ty Conde be the first AEW Women Tag Team Champions? Of course I do. Oh, no, because I don't think they're experienced enough yet. I think there could be a better um, ladies tag team option available. Um, I think they could be potentially future tag team champions. It's obvious we're going to have a Dark Order split. That's They're, they're building this. And maybe it's for the introduction of Bray Wyatt. Who knows? We don't know this for definite, but it wouldn't surprise me with almost a Dark Order split and you can have two separate leaders. Um, uh, I like Anna Jay, not as much as you, obviously. I like Anna Jay, but if they're going to have ladies tag team champions, I think, I think I'd think i actually like to see Layla Hirsch um, because I think she'd be a perfect tag team wrestler um, and Layla Hirsch with a partner of her, her choosing. She tried to drag something good out of Jade Cargill this week. Um, and very nearly succeeded. Uh, so that would be my choice. But Conte, Conte and Jay, yeah, I've got no problem with for the future. Okay, I'll do a follow-up question for you, David. Do you believe that Anna Jay is in a position right now where she can split off and be successful in AEW without the Dark Order? Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. 
Okay, David, we're going to slide over to stunning question number four. I want to take you back to Monday Night Raw. What do you think of Big E's victory over Bobby Lashley? Oh, boy. I'm conflicted, hugely, hugely conflicted, right? Because I think it was a really good moment. I think they didn't do it, to, they didn't build it badly. You could see it coming. Um, even then, still a little bit surprised. The question is, is Big E the gentleman to take the company forward? No, he's not. And he's only going to be a transitional champion. But it was a hugely feel-good moment. And it was a pleasant surprise. I agree with you, David. And you could almost link his victory there to the beginning of our show here where I was going like, hey, how you book a babyface strong? Because I was kind of hoping that he would be that babyface that would say, I get this title contract coming up. I'm going to do it at X pay-per-view. And Roman or Bobby... I'm going to challenge you at this pay-per-view. You have time to get ready for me. And then have Big E do the victory. Having him win against Bobby Lashley after Bobby gets that RKO has all those signs, like you said, of a transitional champion. Yeah, because he didn't win it looking hugely strong, did he? No. he you know, at least let him go over clean. Exactly, David. But, hey, we'll see what they do with it. Um, I've got no... The only thing is, it's the old adage, he's not the face of the company. You know, he's a good hand. Everyone loves him. He's commonly known as being a really, really decent bloke backstage, you know, and all the good stuff. And he's not an offense. I mean, I've, I've, I always used to find the New Day offensive because it was like kiddie stuff for me. But, you know, Big E's probably the least offensive out of the lot. And I don't begrudge him the, the belt hold. I really, really don't. But you can't see him as the face of the company moving forward. Well, David, we're going to keep coming back to this question over the next couple of weeks, and we'll see how this goes. We are moving over to stunning question number five, and it's slightly a Winston Churchill Cup update, because were you surprised that Jonathan Gresham lost a pure title to Josh Woods? Because I was, but yet we tied 3-3. I thought I won 4-3. I'll take it back. You did win 4-3. I'm sorry. My accounting was wrong. Okay, thanks. I just want to clear that up. So I am, in the current Churchill Cup standings, I am a point ahead. Yes, you are. Okay, I just want to clear that up, make sure that we're all clear and straight down the middle. Yeah, I was surprised, actually, in all fairness. Particularly as Josh Woods... I mean, I like Josh Woods. I think he's a, he's an excellent hand. He's, you know... Is he a pure wrestler? Is he someone like a Nigel McGuinness, like a Danielson, that's, you know, the, like a Jonathan Gresham, like the Octopus, that's going to hold... We'll wait and see. Um, but, yeah, very surprised at that. Really wasn't expecting it. Um, but there was a lot of surprises on that card. Great card. Now, granted, ever the shock wore off of me of... Grissom losing his pure title, seeing him come back later in the show and seemingly getting put into the world title picture, this could be interesting to see Grissom as your world champion. Well, absolutely. I think, you know, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. I think it'd be a great match because there is more to Grissom than just the technical side. And he's put together. He looks like a cheek. You know, he looks like he could be a champion. No issue with that at all. I think, yeah, again, sensible booking on Ring of Honor's behalf. Okay, so we are moving over to the sixth, but not yet final question of this week because I have a bonus stunning question this week. But the sixth stunning question this week, David, is what were your thoughts on the debut of NST 2.0? Wow. Um, Personally, I think you know what's coming here. I thought NXT couldn't get worse. I was wrong. The booking of LA Knight. I hate it. Well, the wedding's going to come up later on in the show. Suffice to say, I didn't think much of that. Too many introductions of new characters. Overall, 
I thought it was really, really poor. Even allowing for Champa winning the belt, which was not a shock to me. Oh, I hated it, Sean. And everyone was going, oh, yeah, it was all right, it was all right, it was all right. I thought it was awful. I, I really, really did. And I'm going to go on and talk about this in Dud Stud. David, I turned my TV on Tuesday evening to watch this. And I started going, okay, I kind of like their setup. It looks a little bit nicer than what they had. Then I started looking at the fans that had to stand and look into the blue lights for the whole show. I'm going, no, I feel sorry for those people. Then I saw what they had in the ring. I'm going, I want my old NXT back, please. And I want it now. It reminded me of the Impact Zone, the old Impact Zone. You remember when I said we're going back to Florida Championship Wrestling? It felt like Florida Championship Wrestling to me. Yes, 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 yes. You're bang on. It was FCW. You bang on. Good shout. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, it didn't feel right. It felt false. No, didn't. I, I absolutely hated it. And my biggest problem with this new version of NXT is the fact that, oh, Rick Steiner's son, he can't be called by his last name. They gave him a freaking what? insane name. Braun Breaker. Brock Brickman or blood of that. It just shows what they've got wrong from it's a complete load of garbage. And um no, 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 no. If ever that shows any aspiring young and up and coming wrestler where they need to be going, it ain't NXT. It really isn't. Okay, David. We are moving over to the special seven final standing question of the week. And I think you know where I'm going. What are your thoughts from this past week's Dark Side of the Ring episode? Ah, well, I quite enjoyed it. I really I feel really, really sorry for Tommy Dreamer because I didn't think what he said was that out of place. There's very few episodes of Dark Side of the Ring I don't enjoy. In fact, it's something that I will go back and watch again and again. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because it's not something that, that everyone knows about. They know things went on and they know one or two of the incidents, but they don't know them all. And I think the fact that they got a full episode out of it, well, you know, fair play to, um, you know, the guys. I watched it last night, and I, it was kind of eye-opening to me. I was like, I knew of the event, okay? But I didn't know, like you, I didn't know the full story. And my first thing was going, whoever was this company that supplied three carts of liquor to this airplane <laughs> on a seven-hour layover? There's your first problem right there. You need to have a backbone and go like, okay, you guys already went through two. There's not going to be a third one. I'm sorry. But then, Tommy Dreamer probably needed to stop and think a couple times before he says some stuff because he kind of walked right in front of a car you know what i mean right so if you don't know tommy dreamer has been suspended by impact and anthem for the time being until they decide his future i mean any public traded company probably would do that because they needed to do to say hey we did something i think the most shocking story i guess it's not shocking because if you know the horseman and rick flair from the 1980s what you learn about rick flair was probably, unfortunately, par for the course. So, I wasn't surprised by Rick's actions, because I'm thinking, okay, yeah, seven hours on a grounded plane with alcohol, yeah, probably going to happen. So, I think if you're a newer fan who may feel totally shocked about what happened, you are perfectly fine to be perfectly shocked about this. But I think for us older wrestling fans, we're going like, yeah, I can imagine this happening. Yeah, I think... I think with the Dreamer incident, Sean, my take on it is it came out not how he meant it. He went a little bit old school, and I don't think he meant any disrespect. It was just like, you know, I don't know. 
I, th- I think it came off worse than he actually meant it. A bit like when Cornette got chucked out by the NWA with a chicken joke. And also, this could have been edited out. This is another thing as well. He's, uh, this is why I feel a little bit sorry for him, because the guys have left it in, now, probably knowing full well in this day and age, well, that's going to get Dreamer in, in the clerk, and it did. So there's a, a wee bit... I, I mean, he shouldn't have said it, but I don't think it's quite as bad. Does, does he deserve suspending over it? <sighs> I don't know. That's very arguable in my eyes. This is Tommy. It's not like a young kid... I mean, Jesus, it's not like the Sammy Guevara thing, for example. But hey, you know, what do I know? I'm an old man. Exactly. We're going to leave this discussion for here today, and we'll come back to it as more things develop from this story. And David, why don't we move over to our very new segment? We call it the Top 5 Events of the Week. It's RFPW's Top 5 Moments of the Week. So, David, you have a list of the top five, and I got a list of the top five. So, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, my top five in ascending order from fifth to first are as follows. In uh, position five, I'm really, really enjoying Finn Balor on SmackDown at the moment. And even though he's not going to win the title at Extreme Rules, I'm enjoying seeing him back on the main event where he should be. As the, Particularly, obviously, as he's going to be the demon. Really like that. Number four, Britain Ruby on Rampage. You mentioned it earlier. It was an excellent promo. Really built some interest around that match. Um, and I, again, yeah, really good segment. Doing well here with them. Number three, CM Punk stage diving. Now, obviously, that's not new on uh, Wednesday, but he did it again when he came out for commentary. But have you seen the video footage on YouTube of the crowd's perspective? One of the blokes that caught him has got really, really good YouTube footage of of Punk's back literally landing on his chest. Check that out. Really, really entertaining. Number two, two. Well, I've got matches at number two and number one. At number two, Pretty Deadly versus Gallus from NXT UK this week. Those two can do no wrong. I've never really been a Gallus fan. But Pretty Deadly seemed to bring out something in them that I've not seen before. And I know those two guys really, really well. I love Pretty Deadly at the moment. I think they're fantastic. They need to be up over in the States, to be fair. And my number one, again, is a match. Um, The opener of Dynamite, Adam Cole versus Kaz. I loved this. To me, it was perfect. You were good. Obviously, you knew where we were going to go. Adam Cole's first match. He's up against the old veteran of Kaz. Kaz got some offense in. Kaz looked good, but you knew ultimately where it was going. Adam Cole looked a million bucks. Really, really enjoyed this. Excellent stuff. Got Cole over. Loved it. That's my top five. Well, David, let me comment on your top five real fast. I knew Pretty Daily was going to be on there somewhere, and yes, that was an excellent match. Now, I think they should stay in NXT UK, but this for the fact that if they came over here to the new version of NXT, I feel like they're not going to be the cup of tea for those in charge. Okay, what's up? I, how tall are they? I can't figure out how tall. Are they? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going with, yeah, of course, yeah, we're going with size, yeah. Fair point, yeah, I, I'll keep forgetting the new NXT, and, you know, you've got to have a stupid name and you've got to be eight foot four across the chest. So, yeah, all right, yeah, fair point. And I was kind of happy that you had Adam Coe and Kaz on your list because allow me to introduce you to my top five moments of the week. Yeah, go on. Starting at number five, I did have some from Ant C UK. 
not the match you had though. I had Kenny Williams versus Owen Owen Dar. Owen Dar, yeah. Here you have two hills that are trying to out cheat each other, and I was enjoying this because it was funny as all get out. My number four of the week was Rutsy back at Death for Dishonor winning ROH Williams Championship and her celebration with her family in the ring. That was a heartfelt moment, and of course, being the stunning one, I have a heart. It's on my list. And number three, <laughs> just like you, maybe just a little bit lower, was the war words between Bit Baker and Ruby Soho from AEW Rampage. I did lower that match between Adam Coe and Kaz down to my number two spot for the week, only because I was kind of excited this past Monday night when Big E cashed in the briefcase and won the world title. So Big E is my number one moment of the week. Yeah, I mean, I thought about this, and I can't argue with your number one choice. And I thought about putting Big E in there. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to have it more than a couple of weeks, or he's certainly going to lose it at Extreme Rules. It's just, I go back to the point, it's a feel-good moment. They're having to do something because the ratings are so low, because the product's so bad. But is Big E the face of the company? Of course he's not. He's part of the new day that chucks unicorns and Cheerios and pancakes into a crowd. That's what they need to be getting away away from. I mean, AEW at the moment is such a superior product. It's actually painful. So, yeah, that's the only reason. I, I've got no issue with that, but that's the reason Big E didn't make my top five. I've got no issue with anything else that you picked. Well, cool. You know, I kind of enjoyed this new segment. And David, why don't we just keep this ball rolling with something else that is kind of new, but kind of different from the top five. We call it the Dud of the Week. It's time for Dud's Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? So, David, what has you raging inside this week? Oh, mate, NXT. NXT. I, I, I started to watch it, and I saw Rick Steiner Jr. beat LA Knight, and I was like, right, that's it. I can't... I, just can't believe what I'm seeing. And then he didn't compete, having been advertised, he didn't compete in the four-way for the title. I, I, and the wedding, don't even get me started on that. I, I, I sat through that and I was stupid because I shouldn't have done. And do you know what? I must be out of touch with wrestling fans. Modern day wrestling fans. I'm looking on social media and everyone's going, oh, that was a fun segment. Wasn't it nice to have a wedding that actually was a wedding and it was a real fun segment and it made me laugh and it made me this. Sod off and see a proper stand-up comic if you want to see something funny. That was not funny. That was painful. I got toothache watching it. I felt like going and having a cold shower and beating myself with a spoon. It was that bad. I am, you know, maybe I'm an old man and I just like my professional wrestling. So, but I'm not above comedy. One of my all-time top five wrestlers is Les Kelly. If you want to see comedy in wrestling, watch a Les Kelly match. Or, or Cat Weasel. Or William Regal in his young, you know, when, when he was doing a little bit of comedy. That was not fun. I hated it. I hated it. I hated its very soul. It was awful, and NXT, they, they, nah, they're done. They don't exist as far as I'm concerned. David, I understand completely with you. It was kind of interesting watching the wedding segment, and you see Dexter's Loomis just pull back his jacket to reveal the, the axe, and I'm going like, yeah, perfectly normal for a wedding. Yeah, okay, sure. But anyway, I, I do believe this is the best duds of the dud we had so far in the short history of this segment. <laughs> well, they made it easy for me, Sean. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got one more segment for you. We're going to the Control Center to give you some news and preview some things coming up this coming up weekend wrestling. 
This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Yes, David, I'm Sean Vinny, and I'm here with all your news. <laughs> Hello, Sean Mooney. <laughs> Our first story, Tommaso Ciampa is your new NST 2.0 champion after defeating Elliot Knight by pinfall in a fatal four-way match. Any thoughts, David? No, I've got no issue with that. Um, it's just it's on such an awful product. It's a shame because Champa deserves better. I'd love to see Champa go back to Ring of Honor. I really, really would. But, you know, obviously he's not going to. He's already stated that he quite likes it there. I don't know why, but hey, you know. Well, if you have any LA Knight stock, by chance, I would be selling right now at whatever I could get for it because the dude took two losses on the same show. Um, mate, don't get me going. As I say, I'm still. I, just that opening match, and it's just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I genuinely, genuinely couldn't believe what I'm seeing. I, you know, it was awful. Okay, so our new, second news story is, according to Sean Snaps of Fightful, Pete Dunne, one of your favorite wrestlers, has just inked a new three-year deal with WWE, so he's going to be with the company for at least three more years. Yeah, um, I saw this. Um, the only thing I can possibly hope for is they're going to stick him with a manager and put him on SmackDown. That's the only thing I can hope for. Unfortunately, Pete in North America shouldn't talk much because of the thick Birmingham accent. However, that said, he's talented, you know, but again, it's body size. He's not. He's an Adam Cole. You know, he is an Adam Cole. He's as talented as Adam Cole. He hasn't got Adam Cole's promo skills, but he's as talented in the ring as Adam Cole, but he's a similar build. I think that's a mistake. I really, really do. I think that's a huge mistake. But obviously it's his career and, you know, he knows what he needs to be doing, I suppose. Okay, our third news story, David, also comes from Fightful. They're also reporting that Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gangaro, his contract is expected to expire by early December. So I know that's probably making you happy. I think he'll turn up in AEW. I really, really do. I really, really do. I, I don't want him to, but I think he will. Well, they also said that the WWE is supposedly starting negotiations with Johnny. If Johnny sees the writing on the wall, I would be looking for somewhere else like Ring of Honor or PWG or AEW because I don't think he fits into their plans for the future. And Candace's contract should be coming up in 2022, somewhere in the spring. I think she came in a few months after Johnny. Yeah, um, I'd personally like to see Johnny Gargano go to Game Changer Wrestling and have a Cage of Death match with Nick Gage with as many weapons as Gage can um, can use and um, let them both you know, finish each other off. And I'll never have to see either of them again in the wrestling ring. Okay, so our last news story comes from Brian Alvarez of Wrestling and Subway Live, and Christian's comments from this past Wednesday's Dynamite has caused some heat behind the stage at WWE. If you remember, he was talking about how the VPs of AEW kind of saved Adam Cole from, from WWE double mental. I've got to be honest, Alvarez isn't normally far removed from the truth. So I would say this, I mean, it's rumor... I would say there is something to this, but is it come over quite as badly as it's been delivered and reported? I don't know. He seems very popular at the moment, so I'm going to keep that with a pinch of salt and say file that under pe- paint and pending, and we'll see where that that comes from. Um, you know, 
heat in the dressing room. Look at all the characters, all the combustible elements you've got backstage at an AEW show now. If there wasn't any heat backstage, I'd be very surprised. Okay, David. So, no, actually, it was saying that there was some anger in WWE backstage from what Christian said. That's what the story was. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they can be they can be as angry as... Sorry, I'm with you now. Um, they can be as angry as they like. You know, they're a dying company. Seriously, they're on their, they're on their arse. And, they're, you know, if they don't do something about it very soon, we said this last week, if they don't do something very soon, I can genuinely see Vince having to sell. Okay, exactly, David. You know what? I've been hearing stories about Disney might be the company that's interested in buying the WWE. <laughs> Really? Yes. Well, they might as well kill wrestling. They killed Star Wars. Okay, let's preview uh, some stuff before we kill wrestling here with this episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling. <laughs> okay, coming up on Monday, we're going to have a six-man match. It's the Usos versus the New Day. David, are you excited for this? No, not at all. Not at all, no. Because it's not like we've not seen it, is it? I mean, oh, Jesus. No, it's just more repetitive booking. I don't want to see it at all. Okay, so we're going to slide over to Wednesday night, and I think everybody has Wednesday night circle with like a gold star, like this yeah. is what we need to watch, because the first yeah. night of AEW at Arthur Ashe Stadium is coming up, and it's two hours, and we learned this past week that Rampage is also going to be two hours. They're literally doing four hours of AEW tapings from the stadium. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. AEW killing it at the moment. You know there's going to be something good in there. You know the crowd are going to be hot, particularly now as it's going to be their biggest crowd. What they're expecting, 20,000 plus on both nights. You know, fair play to them. And obviously the addition of Punk, Danielson, Cole, the super elite, you know, they're doing it. They're doing it well. They're doing it well. And you can't knock them. Um, we've been critical of Tony Khan in the past, but it's almost like he's got his stuff together. And I can't wait. I'm really, really looking forward to both shows. Exactly, David. It's the perfect ending to this episode. So we're going to wrap this up by saying we are in a transition period here at Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I just started a new management position with my company. So going forward right now, RPW Retrospective is most likely going to be a once-a-month episode until we get things straightened out. And, of course, as always, every Sunday, you're going to get Radio Free Professional Wrestling because I'm still the Churchill Cup champion. So, yes, I'm going to be here every Sunday making sure David knows about it. Yeah, you are still the Churchill Cup champion, Sean. Um, I can't argue with that. However, at the moment, you're 1-0 down. So, you're a point behind. I'm um, 1-0 to the David. At the moment, we have pay-per-views coming up, but... I'm confident I've got my mojo back. Okay, Mr. Mojo, why don't you tell the lovely people have a great start to their week? Have a great start to the week, guys. Oh, and by the way, Radio Free Professional Wrestling, it's my birthday Tuesday. I'm expecting lots of wishes. Ooh, okay. So, special birthday wishes coming to at dbrightly6 on Twitter. Go ahead, mark that down, put it in your planner. Make sure you hit them up. And until we see you next Sunday for Radio Free Professional Wrestling, I am your patron saint of stunning, wishing you a stunning start to your week. (laughs) This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.